And God speaks a word in the pastor's office and thus saith the Lord, give this to the people. I got nothing. I prayed and prayed and prayed and Lord, I, I need a word. But the Lord brought me back to this for some reason. I preached this before, but I don't know when. Why God kept bringing me back to this. Somebody needs to hear this. Somebody needs to understand God is trying to speak into you and God is trying to do something in your life. Luke chapter number four, verse number 18. Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me preach the gospel to the poor he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to preach deliverance to the captives recovering a sight to the blind to set at liberty them that are bruised church i want you to know that god is still moving through this country when it seems like our government has gone crazy <laughs> when it seems like that people are gone crazy and they're doing whatever they want being whoever they want, choosing whatever they want. I want you to know that there's still a God that is reigning on the throne. And I want you to know there's still a God that is moving all across our country and all across the world, getting us ready for end time revival. But for some reason, he kept bringing me back to this scripture to heal the broken hearted. So I want to preach for just a few minutes on this, this thought, the God of brokenness. Lord, I love you. I thank you for your spirit that is here. Lord, I'm speaking to somebody that just don't feel complete, whose life seems to be a mess, whose mind seems to be a mess, whose life just seems to be broken. Nothing's working right. I pray, God, that you would speak through me. I pray, God, your anointing would rest on the rest of this service. God, I can't do this by myself. I need you to speak. Open up our hearts, minds, and understanding to what you have for us. In the powerful name of Jesus, let the church say amen. And you may be seated. Thank you for coming out in the snow. It's not enough. We need more. Can't, can't make no very good snow angels in this kind of weather. But don't worry, it's going to be gone. It's supposed to be 50 degrees by the end of next week. But hold on, it'll probably snow again somewhere down the road. So I say if you, you don't like the weather in Illinois, just hold on. It'll change in a day or two. And you'll see people out in shorts and short sleeves before too long, even if it's only 30 degrees. Yeah, there's crazy ones out there. <laughs> but I was praying over this church and over, over the direction and and. and, and and thinking about some things and and uh, there's going to be some changes coming up in the future and and changes for the good but what i'm seeing in in the congregation and what i'm seeing all across the country and uh, what i'm hearing from other other pastors is is we're not alone i believe the problems that truth tabernacle faces is the same problems that happen down south it's the same problems that happen up north we're not immune to, to problems we, because we have people, and whatever they're people, there's problems. 
There ain't nobody here that are, that's perfect. Your life is not perfect. We are blessed. We're blessed. I don't care how much money you make. We're blessed. I don't care what kind of car you drive. I don't care what kind of house you live in. We are blessed people. We are a blessed church. But I see people that are in our congregation, and I, I'm hearing elsewhere of, of, of brokenness. And the Lord keeps bringing me back to this brokenness. People that are broken, they have broken spirits. They have broken hearts. They have broken minds. They have broken bodies, broken relationships, broken families. There's broken emotions, and we're, we're just not functioning correctly and not functioning right. And for some, it has crippled, and it has hindered them. It has hindered their walk with God. It's, it is, it's, it's hindered a prayer life, the prayer life that is crippled and, and faithfulness that has been handicapped. Their devotion to God, their devotion to the church, their devotion to their family has been crippled because of brokenness and relationships are hindered. And I see some that try to hide the sin and try to hide their brokenness. They come in with a smile on their face, but inside is brokenness. They come in and they may have a smile on their face, but inside is a frown and a sigh and a cry. And don't think that God does not see. He sees what's going on. We may be able to hide what's going on in here to others, but we're, we're not hiding what's going on here to him because he sees us and he knows us. If you could see the past, this outer shell that many have, this facade I've seen houses on the outside, and they look nice. The facade looks very nice, but you walk inside, and it's a dump. It's a mess. There's walls with holes in it. There's, there's, there's loose steps going down to the basement. But on the outside, it looks very nice. The curb appeal is very nice, but as soon as you walk in, you say, this house needs some serious help. We keep showing and, and, and texting and showing pictures to our family down south. Hey, there's a nice house here in Pontiac. Hint, hint. Yeah. Is it proselytizing if we're doing it to our own families? I'm not sure. I'll have to check on that. I leave that to the first lady to do that. <laughs> but if you see past the facade of the outside of a lot of people, if you get past that, that outer veneer, you'll, you'll see hearts that are broken. You'll see minds that are hurting. You'll see that depression and anxiety that we sang about earlier. You don't see that on the outside. Sometimes it manifests. You can tell when somebody's really struggling. But a lot of people hide it. They do very well. Because you go past the outer shell, you'll see cracks and breaks of a life that is shattered and a life that is broken. And some pieces are missing, and others are about to break loose. And I see, because I've been there, of coming into the church with a broken heart, of coming to the church with lots of things on my mind and lots of things on my heart and a lot of things weighing me down. But you'll see the pastor smile as he takes the pulpit, smiling on the outside but crying on the inside. Yes, your pastor goes through real emotions just like you do. We go through the same things. But on the outside, a lot of people are, has a forced smile. But the cries of despair on the inside when nobody's around, the cries of despair when you're alone and by yourself, uh, 
doesn't go unnoticed because there's a God that hears those cries. There's a God that sees and is watching and knows exactly what you are going through. And I believe he has spoken to the heart of the pastor here and wants to give this word to you. Don't give up. If I can give you a word, I say don't give up because your God has not given up on you. And I see some that simply do not smile anymore. The smile has long gone from their faces. They're not happy with themselves. They're not happy with their families. They're not happy with their relationship with God. Can I say this? When your relationship with God is fractured and not right, it hinders our love and our care for others and affects our relationships. It affects our marriages. It affects our relationships with our family. Why? Because we're broken people. You see, some, you give a kid a balloon, they love balloons. But the, to the kid that seems to take that balloon and... You know the one I'm talking about. You probably have one in your household. Because I was the one that would do that. <laughs> but I see some lives that are like that balloon. It was, it was filled. It was full. But slowly, you, that air starts coming out. And, and it's not long before that balloon is just shrunken down to nothing. And I see lives that are like that, that was full of joy. Full of life, but it, they're joyless now. They're just a, 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 a limp person of who they used to be. But can I give you some good news? Everybody likes some good news. Can I give some good news to a saint of God in this church right now? That's not the end of the story. I thought I would give a, at least a, 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 a Baptocostal amen out of that. <laughs> the story is not over. Because, you see, God is still penciling some things in, and, and God is still writing some things. The, the, the good news is your life story is not over yet. That the dark chapter that you've been walking through and, and the, all the craziness that has been happening to you and all the, the stuff that has been happening to you, I want you to know that that's not the end of the story. That God is still working on the next chapter you see you're trying to get through this chapter he's already figured out what the next chapter is going to be he's already figured out what the chapter uh, a couple couple down the road is what it's going to be now i'm not the one who always goes to the end of the book to find out the ending first and then start reading i like to read a book and 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 get through it and oh so that's how it's going to end I'm not the one that goes to the end of the movie. Listen, I'm going to give you a little hint. Spoiler alert. We're at Christmas time. And Hallmark's already advertising. And there's a million Hallmark Christmas movies out there. There are a million out there. If you stream whatever streaming service and you start looking at Hallmark movies and they all got different titles, some have dogs and some have this and some have that. They're always the same thing. The boy goes after the girl. The girl doesn't want the boy. She's getting on the airplane to go home, and the boy changes his mind or vice versa. And, oh, I really do love him. And she runs to the airport just as he's about to go through the gate. Oh, Harry! And he turns, and he gives her a big kiss, and they walk off, and they get married in the end, and, and it's Christmas time, and it starts snowing. That's how every Hallmark movie goes. 
I can pretty well tell you what it's going to be before we watch it. But the interesting thing is, every story here is different. I look out. I've been here for 10, 11, 12 years, and I've seen people's stories, and I've seen how people have survived different chapters of their life. But the good news is, you're still here. And God is still working on your next chapter. Thank God you haven't given up on me. Thank God when, when I messed up and when I've done something that just where I fell flat on my face, God, you did not give up on me. He said, simply, let's just turn a page and let's try a new chapter. Don't you know, every day that you wake up is a new day for a new chapter in your life. Did you hear what I just said? It's a new day for a new chapter in your life. You can lay in bed and say, I don't want to get through this day and I don't want to do it. Or you can get up and say, thank you, Lord, for another day. I'm going to do the best that I can. <coughs> Angie and I study at our island every morning and we, we have, she makes me breakfast every morning. God bless her. She makes me some Sister Nichols eggs and God, God bless you. We have breakfast, we read our Bible, and we pray. One of the prayers we say together, God, may I give you glory in everything I do today. God, may every word that I speak, everything that I do, somehow give you glory. Not because of me, but because of you. You have the choice, church. When you wake up tomorrow morning, you have the choice. You can, you can just wallow in all of the muck and the mire and all the negativity and all the bad things that are happening in your life. Or you can get up tomorrow morning and say, thank you, God, I'm still alive. And I'm going to give you glory today. The good news is that there's another chapter that God is writing. Why? Because my God specializes in broken things. He specializes in brokenness. Because we developed into a world where everything is disposable. Went to Walmart yesterday, had to pick up a few things. And the way I shop is I go around one time and get the things that I know I need and then go around one more time to see if there's anything that bonus stuff that I might find. Get the needs first. And if there's any wants that I see that look cool, well, I'm going through the, the, the electronics department and they put everything out in the main aisles now, all the stuff that's spotlighted that's on sale. And I saw a 65-inch HD TV. For like three, four hundred dollars. I was like, wow. That's amazing. Because I remember when just a small little tiny thing was about a thousand dollars plus. Mm-hmm. Now they're just, you know, a few hundred bucks. If you want a super size HD, blah, 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 blah. There it is. But everything's disposable. Nothing is built to last anymore. And if you look all across our, if you look in your house, if we look all around, everything's disposable. Unfortunately, it's spilled over to people's lives. Because they think relationships are disposable. If this marriage doesn't work out, I'll just kick that knucklehead out. I'll go on some dating site. I'll find another knucklehead, marry him, and hope that that works out. If that doesn't work out, we'll just throw that away and get another one disposable if it breaks we'll just throw it away we'll find a way to replace it to find it interesting in studying things I'm, I'm in the HVAC business and you hear all the names thrown out there where well, there's always the top three you got the train the Linux and the carrier 
That's the top three that you'll hear every day on the advertisement, whether it be radio, TV, train, Linux, and carrier. And it's always been that way. Well, let me tell you, folks, a hile is the same thing as a carrier. I'm just saying. But that's where all the advertisement dollars goes, to the train, the Linux, and the carrier. But I don't care what brand you buy. I don't care how uh, efficient of a unit that you will in, invest money in. The lifespan of an HVAC system is between 15 and 20 years. That's it. 20 years, sis. You're going to get 20 years out of that. You take that Heil tag off the furnace, it will break down sooner. But if you leave the Heil name on that, it will, it will reach its 20-year maximum life. Some go further. There are still, I drive through Pontiac, and I still see systems and, and ACs that were manufactured back in the, the early 70s, the old green monsters, we call them. They're still out there because things were built good back then. Cars were built. I mean, you hit a telephone pole, the car laughs at it. Ha! Bounces off, knocks the telephone pole down, dusts itself off, and you go down the road. Now you bump into a telephone pole at 10 miles an hour with a car. The, the plastic bumper just goes, falls off, and everything goes crazy. Nothing works. Because we're building things cheaper now. We want to make it as cheap as possible. But that means it's disposable. If it breaks, we just simply throw it away. I see cars going down the highway that, that you know where they're doing. You see them smash. You see them all this. And I'm a poor thing. It's going to go in the smasher, and it'll be done, and they'll recycle it, and they'll go into something else. The lifespan, I found out, for a, a flat-screen TV is about 13 and a half years. Unless you're my family, it's probably shorter because I think they're on 24-7. Huh. microwave, 5 to 10 years, a washing machine, 11 years, dryers, 10 to 15 years. I found this out. I got a three-year-old dishwasher that broke already, three years old. A simple little, pla you know, everything's made of plastic, little plastic uh, little door that holds the, the soap in, broke. Now, some could say, well, you know, I was, I was Ma and Paul Kettle. And those 40 and unders don't have no clue, but. I felt like Ma and Paul Kettle doing it the old school way because we waited about 10, 15 minutes because the door wouldn't hold the soap in. It just, it's open all the time. So after about 10 minutes, I just simply took a, a soap pot and threw it in. Close the door. There you go. But that's not how a dishwasher is supposed to work. I ain't supposed to stand and count for 10, 10 15 minutes. Time to throw the soap in. But it broke because it's plastic. The dryer is 10 to 15 years. Uh, uh, an automobile is designed and engineered to get you at least eight years or up to 150 to 200,000 miles. Mine has clocked over 200,000 miles, and people say, when you get in a new car. Brother, Brother Wilson, I looked at a Camaro yesterday. We were going to be twinsies. It was a bright yellow Camaro, just like your Mustang. And I said, how about that? The two pastors of the church driving the same color car. And I looked at that thing, five-speed, four, whatever it is, stick shift. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm. I'm seeing myself going down the highway, flying down 55 with my, my baby at my side with some gospel music on the radio with a cop following me. I say my car, has, uh, Trevor, my Traverse out there has 203,000 miles, but it runs great. Gets me to where I want to go. It only has one speaker. I'm praying about it. 
but no car payments. I looked at that yellow Camaro, Brother Wilson, I could see us driving to Montana or Florida or going to General Conference to, in California, going down Highway 70, me following you doing 110. And I thought, mm, then I got a payment every month. So I just looked at it, and yeah, it would be nice. But I'll go on the other side of perspective if you're, if you're into electric vehicles. The, 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 the current electric vehicle's lifespan is about 15 years, 161,000 miles. Electric windmills that we're seeing popping up all over. You can't go anywhere without seeing these new, these, these windmills. And, and you think, wow, those things are nice, and, and they, they put them up there because they're green, and, and they're not putting down any emissions, and they're making electricity, and blah, 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 blah. Well, the... The lifespan of the windmills are 20 to 25 years. Those blades are only designed to work for 10 years. Where do the blades go after 10 years? They're not telling us because they want to see it's green. Well, how green is it if we're throwing it in the ground? I'm just saying. I don't, and I apologize if you're what, what side of the spectrum you're on. A refrigerator can now last up to 10 to 15 years. I still see refrigerators in people's garages that were made back in the 50s that are still going. Still out there. I discussed this with Brother Wilson. A lifespan of a couch or love seat is about seven to ten years. Unless you have kids. Unless you have pets. And then it's anybody's guess. It may last one year. <laughs> it may last two years. But if you don't have children or pets that will totally destroy your furniture, seven to ten years plus is good. But what happens when, when that refrigerator breaks? What happens when that flat screen TV breaks? What happens? We just don't simply call somebody. You don't go to the corner. Back in the day when I was growing up, there was a TV repair shop on, on several corners throughout town. Big Zenith screw, uh, uh, signs on the front. And you bring your, your this is why we, nobody stole a TV back in my day. You want to know why there was not TV stolen from stores or stolen from houses was because they were the size of an organ. Big piece of wood that weighed about 200 pounds and, and nobody wanted to haul that out of the house and load it into a truck and take it. They didn't. <laughs> That's why. But all the stuff that breaks, we just simply throw it away. We'll go down to Walmart We'll go to get on our, 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 and did anybody have any internet trouble yesterday? My phone was going in and out. I did not have internet all for a part of the day. And I said, these people online buying stuff, clogging the system down, breaking the system down. You just simply go on flat screen TV, Best Buy, what's the best? You can compare and we'll go buy it and just throw the old one away. We don't fix them anymore. Most of them in, in a junk pile. Most of them in, in, will end ultimately in either a salvage yard or on that hill outside of Pontiac that someday they're going to let me sled down. Goes in the city dump. We replace it with another one. We upgrade. We buy a bigger one. We buy one that has more features or what have you. That's what happens. And guess what's going to happen when that one breaks down? We're going to go through the same cycle again. We're going to replace it, throw it out, put a new one in, put it on the wall, 
punch the button, and if I can't figure out how to get it to connect to the Internet, I call my sons. Do something with this. Can't figure it out. But we replace it with the same thing, and it's a, it's a pattern that our country and our world is in. It's a disposable mentality. It breaks, you get rid of it, we buy a new one. But it's true. We don't see much appliance repair stores anymore. No TV repair shops anymore. But people, church, are not appliances. People are not appliances. We just don't simply replace. We are not replaceable. Church, you are not replaceable. Can I say this? We need every single one of you. You ought to be thanking your spouse that she believes that you are not replaceable. She may want to a time or two, but you're not replaceable. That's why we need a savior. That's why we need a God that looks on broken people and says, I'm not going to just simply discard them. I'm not just simply going to push them aside, but I'm going to reach down and I'm going to take care of the problem. Because you see, your problem might not be my problem. You may need a physical situation taken care of in your life. Somebody may need an emotional thing taken care of in their life. Somebody may need a heart issue taken care of in their life. Somebody may need a spiritual situation taken care of in their life, but our Savior specializes in broken people. Just hear the testimony of some of the people in Scripture that you can read yourself. Just ask Mary Magdalene, who had seven devils chased out of her. Ask her about her life. Just ask the demonic of the Gadarenes how his life turned out after Jesus touched him. It says that he was sitting in, next to Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. He needed some things taken care of. He needed some situations fixed, and God came down and touched a broken person. Just ask Lazarus. Ask the testimony of the man that was healed of leprosy. Just ask for the testimony of the paralytic who leaped up and started rejoicing and praising. Just ask the man with the withered hand. Just ask the woman at the well if God touches broken people. Just ask for the testimony of the, of the man who, 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 who couldn't speak. Just ask Bartimaeus. Give the testimony of a man who received a sight. Look at how Jesus fixes broken people. Just ask Peter's mother-in-law. Just ask those in the church who lost loved ones. Just ask how Jesus takes care of broken things and just look across the aisle at somebody who has a testimony. Come on, you got a testimony of how God came down when you were broken and you were counted out, but Jesus says, I could use that person and I could touch that person. Oh, you got a testimony? I ain't got a testimony, but you got a testimony. Some can testify how they've been delivered of drugs. Some can testify how they've been delivered of alcohol. Some can testify of how they were just about counted out, but God came down and touched and blessed and gave peace, and now they're standing here at a church today delivered of drugs, delivered of alcohol, delivered of all the emotional baggage that they used to carry. Why? Because my God 
specializes in broken things. My God specializes in broken people. You may have come in today with depression. You may have come in today with anxiety. You may have come in today with all of these issues, but I want you to know God can touch you because God loves broken things. Many from the 1970s, like myself, who had parents who just simply could not go out and buy new things. Raise your hand if you came from a home like that. The car broke down. Guess what? Dad didn't have money, Brother Warren, to just go down to the repair shop and go get this widget fixed or this widget replaced. You know what he did? He got underneath that hood, and he took it apart. He went down to the auto parts store, and he replaced it himself. And I'm thankful because he lifted that hood up and showed me this is what this is and this is the valve cover and this is how an engine works and this is how you change the oil and this is how you do this and this is how you do that. Why? Because he didn't have the money to go get it fixed. He would tear it apart and do it himself. If the furnace broke down, if something else broke down in the house, guess what? Dad was there trying to figure it out. We didn't have somebody come in and redecorate the house. Dad did it himself. But just ask somebody who's coming out of a valley right now, the valley of despair, a valley of darkness. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it may look like it's bad, saint of God. It may look like you're about done and over with, but the scripture says, though I walk. You may be in the valley of despair, but God has not designed you to camp there. God has not designed you to stay there. He just simply said to walk. Why? Because he's working on your life. He's going to get you through this, saint of God. And countless others that God is working on even right now. Don't count me out. I want to say to the saint of God, you need to put your finger in the air. I know I point a lot when I preach. I keep... That's why I don't go on Facebook Live to watch any of this anymore. I don't want to see how. So I'm trying to do this now, and even that's pointing, so I'm going to preach like this for now on. But you need to put your finger in the air. Say, devil, don't count me out. I'm not going anywhere, so I'm staying right here. My God's not done with me yet. I may be fragile and cracked with a piece or two missing, but God's not done with me yet. God's not done with me yet. Traveling throughout the central Illinois all the day, it's amazing what you see going through small town America. I've seen cars with front fenders not even there, no bumper, no nothing, just going down the highway. I've seen a car, this is a true statement, coming from, from, uh, I went down to get a, uh, a Christmas tree that, that my baby picked out. And I'm driving up past Bloomington up 55. And there was a car, literally, that had the outside mirror just dangling in the wind. It had a, 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 a broken windshield. It had no front bumper. And this poor car just, he's still pootering down the highway. That, that mirror looked like it was ready to come off at any time. But I see a lot of crazy things that I wonder, how is that thing still going? What is keeping that thing moving? And I see people 
It looks like some parts are broken off, missing, cracked. Some may be looking at us and saying, how are they still going? How are they still moving? Obviously, he was in an accident. Obviously, the car was in disarray and, 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 and lacking repair. But it was like the Energizer Bunny. It was still going and going and going and going. And I look at lives who have been run through the mill, who have beat, been beaten upside and down by life. And we say, Sister Nichols, what is keeping them going? You want to know what keeps us going? When things are going wrong and things are going every which direction, I want you to know it's my God that keeps me going. And yes, I've been through hell and back, and I, I, I've been counted out, but I want you to know it's been Jesus that has kept me going until this day. And I want you to know if you are faithful to God and you just put one foot in front of the other and say, God, I don't understand, and God, I don't know why, but God, I'm going to keep on going. I'm going to keep on serving you. I'm going to come to church even though I've had the worst week of my life and I'm going to praise my God. Why? Because he deserves it. I see some that are like the Energizer Buddy, spiritually. They just keep going. Very faithful, no matter what. Still serving God. Still worshiping God. Still giving to God. Because my God specializes in broken people. Don't label me as broken. And headed for the junk heap, he's still working on me. I'm just a work in progress. Because God's got a sign that's on me. You can't see it, but I've been labeled. Hmm. Still in repair. Still in repair. Church, saint of God, don't give up on your life. Don't give up on your walk with God. Don't give up on your dreams because he's just starting to sort things out and he's just starting to get you ready for the next chapter. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody. I've seen the stress cracks are starting to, starting to form on the inside, but don't give up. God's got something for you. Don't give up. God's got another chapter for you. It's not over until he says it's over. I always heard it said, it ain't over till the fat lady sings. I don't know what lady they were ever talking about. I was, I, just, I was always walking around looking for somebody to be singing. And if I hear singing, I, I looked at her weight. But it ain't over until he says it's over. You want to know why you're still living? You want to know why you're still breathing? You want to know why you come into this great church? It's because God's not giving up on you, and he's still got something for you. As long as you have breath in your body and breath in your soul, God's got something for you. You ever seen these cars going down the road and, and you wonder if they're going to have any oil left by the time they get to their, to their stop? They're just blowing oil looking like the, the mosquito man going down the road. Don't laugh. I used to drive a car like that. <laughs> You're wondering that motor's about to lock up at any time. I've seen people going down spiritually, and it looks like they're blowing smoke. It looks like they're not going to make it to their final destination. Don't give up on them. God's still working on them. Come on, they may look like a mess and they may look like they got trouble. Don't give up on them. God's still working on them. Brother Joe, don't give up. God's still working on you. 
And our God is not designed to favor any age. Sister M, God bless you. You are so faithful, and we love having you in our congregation. But God's still working on you. God's not done with you. Someone needs a spiritual overhaul. Talking to somebody about my buggy the other day. saying I put a new carburetor on that thing. I put a new generator on this thing. And I was hoping it would drive like a 2023 Toyota. Well, guess what? It's still a 1972 Super Beetle. It's still not running right. Still not. It just, it's not, it doesn't, I want it to idle like a purr, like a kitten. But it's coughing like a man with emphysema. (laughs) I was talking to, talking to Jerry the other night at the, at the uh, parade, and he's, he's the one that worked on it, put the generator, and I said, hey, it's just still not working right, and, and, he, and he looked at me dead serious. I thought he was going to give me a word of hope that, you know, it's going to, you know, wait till summertime, it'll work better. He's like, well, that thing really needs help. So what you're telling me is probably the motor needs overhauled, and I need to pull that engine out and do this and do that, and the other. that's not what I wanted to hear. I just wanted to put a can of STP and put this in it, and there you go. Fixed. Done. But someone here needs a spiritual overhaul. You've been running on E. There's been some things that have, that have hurt and, 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 and affected your, your, your spirit. You, you just need a touch, and somebody needs a, an emotional overhaul, and somebody needs a mental overhaul, and somebody needs a physical overhaul. And that's okay because my God specializes in broken people. Now that the snow is on the ground in my body, I'm sorry, I'm not a wintertime person. It's not the cold. Well, it kind of is. I can work in 150-degree weather and sweat profusely and stank. I can work like that. I'm okay with that. But this body just don't work in cold anymore. I, were, I, I walked the parade, and thank the Lord, the float didn't leave me this year. I kept up with it. But I got home, and my, you, you, you know what it's like when it just feels like your core temperature's low and you're just cold? I went in and took a shower, a hot shower, and just stood waiting for this. I just can't do cold anymore. But what I don't like about this time of year is, is this going, sun going down at 4 o'clock. And by 6, 7 o'clock, it's like, oh, it feels like midnight, and I'm ready to go to bed, but it's only 7, and I know if I go to bed at 7, I'm going to wake up at 2 in the morning ready to go, and it's only 2 in the morning, now I've got to go try and get back to sleep and go back to sleep. I don't like being able to go outside and do, I like doing stuff with the garage door open, working on the buggy and getting on the golf cart and going for a ride and doing this and walking in the park and taking the dog for a walk. I like doing that. You can't do that this time of year. Well, you can if you're tough. I'm not tough. It just feels like you're shut in. Dark when I get up and go to work and dark when I get home. So I I haven't done this in a while, but I put puzzles together. We get the family together, you know. We don't do it all at one time, Elder. Don't Don't get me wrong. We're not that, we're not that good. But we'll start a puzzle. 
No, I'm not talking the 10-piece the puzzles like my little granddaughters put together. Done. Papa, I'm done. I'm talking the 1,000, 2,000 puzzles. We'll start it on a, we'll throw all the pieces out and, 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 and start, and y'all know the routine. What do you do on a puzzle? The outside edge, right? You look for that flat, flat edge. You start going through the pieces and, and looking for the flat edge and start piecing them all together. And, and you got the outer rim done, and now you start, start trying to build it inwards. That's a work in progress. Sometimes it takes a month, two months. My neighbor got me a puzzle with 2,000 pieces that I'm going to start this year. We're going to put it, I'm, I'm hoping my table down in the basement, it's like a three-by table. I'm hoping it would all fit in there, and we're going to start on that, just piece at a time, little here, little there, and start putting this puzzle together. There's nothing more aggravating than working your way to the innards, and you're just about done and realize there's something missing. All that time and all that effort just to, there's a hole. Most of the time, it's like an eyeball. It's, one of, it's a very important piece. I start doing it a little at a time. And after time, you start wondering, will this ever get done? I'm busy. I'm, I'm always doing something. So I don't just, we just don't just sit down. And Allison's better at it just sitting down and working at it than I am. I get frustrated. I just start forcing pieces together after a time. This look. Looks like it'll go. Yeah, that fits. <laughs> That's not how you do a puzzle. It's one piece at a time. A little here, a little there. You start coming down, and this part of the puzzle starts piecing together. You see this, this picture or that, and it starts working and coming together. But I see people who it seems like there's pieces missing. When's it going to be my time for a miracle, God? When's it going to be my time for my healing? God, when, when is my touch coming? It seems like everybody else is, is doing this and everybody's doing better than me and everybody else just seems to be so much, they got their act together and this is happening. When's it going to happen to me, God? I want you to know that God is putting together one piece at a time. A little here, a little there. That's why I say, saint of God, don't give up on the story of your life. Don't give up because you feel like you're broken now. Don't give up because it seems like things just aren't going your way. It seems like some of the hardest lessons I had to learn in my life, personally, in my, in my family, in my life, and in my ministry, is when I tried to dictate how things are supposed to go. I'm going to do it this way, and I'm going to do it that way, and I'm going to do it this way. All the while, God is scratching his head and saying, well, that's not how I'm, that's not what I had planned. You know what happened when I did it my way, Mr. Sinatra? I tried it the Frank Sinatra way. And I wanted to break that record. See, the records that I, my, my family used to give me that I didn't want, we took them outside and they became Frisbees. Because <laughs> when I tried to do it my way, I ended up broken, hurt, and more miserable, and usually in worse shape than I was before I started it. 
But God says, if you'll just do it my way and let me work on you a little at a time. I want it all, God. You see, when I go to a golden corral, I just don't want the salad bar. Buffet starts here, and it ends on the other side of the parking lot. And church, you know what? I want it all. Oh, I'll get a little salad just to, just to appease people thinking I'm trying to eat healthy. You start with salad, we end with banana pudding. Come on now. That's a dinner there, church. I want it all. God, I want it all, and I want it now. Well, God is saying, a little at a time. But I believe somebody can receive a touch here today. To the, to the troubled mind and, and those that have been facing hard times and trials, I want you to know God sees it and God's with you. All he's asking you is walk through the valley of the shadow of death. But God, I don't know. I just seem broken and I just seem miserable. You're in the perfect spot for God to work in your life. Because God specializes in broken things. In church, I, if something breaks in the house, I'm, I'm probably not the one to call to fix it for you. If your car breaks down, I could put air in your tire. Gas in your tank if you run out. But if your engine's making a clonk, clonk noise and your transmission's going zonk, zonk, you don't want me saying, well, if I could just take this out and I'll put this piece in and fix that and do this and down the road you go. You don't want me doing that. Don't call me to fix your dishwasher if it's not a little plastic door in it. Because there's people a lot more capable than I am to do that. I have Brother David come and do some work at my house because he can do that. He's capable of doing it, and it looks beautiful. But you see, if you're battling depression, God's the one to call. If you're facing a hard time in your life, God's the one you want to call. We will pray for you, and we will be for you there with you as a church body. And thank God for our brothers and sisters that'll just come and put an arm around you and put an arm around your shoulder and say, we're praying for you. But God is going to come down and do the work and God's going to come down and touch you and get you through this. Why? Because God specializes in brokenness. So if you're thinking of giving up, you're thinking of what's the point? Why should I just keep on feeling going feeling like this and why should I keep on when nothing seems to be going right it's because God is working behind the scenes one piece at a time as I look back now over my 50 young 58 years I stand here to tell the church a testimony that you've heard me say before I'm a blessed man I'm a blessed man but when I look back and see my early life of, of raising a family and the mistakes I made as a dad and the mistakes I made as a saint and the mistakes I made as a pastor 
I look back and say, God has been with me all the time. God has been with me all the time. And then when I lost the dear, the, the, the most closest person in my life, my wife, when I lost her, I didn't see God why. I, I just could not understand why I've been brought here and, and established here and just buy a house. And some people say, well, why didn't you give up? In fact, some people looked at me and thought I was going to give up. And I didn't understand why. But when I look back now, I say, God was with her the whole time. I miss her. My family misses her. But guess what? She's where we want to be right now. She's dancing around the throne right now. And when I look back and see how God orchestrated behind the scenes, I wasn't planning any of this to happen. But when God put the right person in my life and the right family in my life, and I look and say how God was doing it behind the scenes, even when I didn't even see it. And here I am today, blessed with another woman who loves me just as much as the first one. And I see how God has pieced together a family, taken two families who were raised totally differently and put us together and linked us together as one beautiful family. I went from four to 17. We're going to have to start taking panoramic pictures now as the family keeps growing. But he was working behind the scenes when I didn't see it and when I didn't feel it and when I didn't understand it, but looking back now, I say, oh, now I see God. I see if I hadn't gone through that storm and still lived for you, I wouldn't have gotten to this chapter. And if I wouldn't have survived this and kept going and been faithful, then I wouldn't have gotten to this chapter. And look at the chapter God has for me now. I say this, you may not like the chapter you're in, but just hold on because the next chapter is going to be great for you. Because God specializes in broken things. Stand with me, if you will. Somebody shout out, he's not done with me. Come on, shout it out like you believe it. He's not done with me. And to all the people who think you're perfect, God's still working on you. Nobody's going to work on your pride. Because if we're faith, if, if we were just brutally honest, brutally honest, every one of us, from the oldest to the youngest, you thought I was going to point at you, didn't you? <laughs> from the oldest to the youngest, if we're honest, we can say there's an area in my life that God really needs to work on. There's something spiritually, emotionally, mentally that we need help with. Because as much as we like to make everybody believe it, sometimes we don't have our act all together all the time. Lord just seems to keep putting me in rush hour traffic just to try me. To 
see if, if I'm really letting him work on my patience. And I'm getting better. Thank you, church. Thank you, God. But you see, there's still some things that need a little repair. A little adjustment. I'm praying that it's going to take a little bit of adjustment on my buggy. I don't want to pay for a complete engine overhaul. I ain't got the money for a complete engine overhaul. If you come in today and maybe you just need a little tweak, you just need a little touch, you need a little peace, I want you to know that there's a God that's in this place that knows exactly what you need. And the worst thing about my puzzle making is the time I put something on the table and accidentally bumped it and broke it apart. Broke the upper half basically in half and pieces went flying everywhere. It was an accident. I was just trying to do something. Well, guess what I had to do? Did I just scrap the whole thing in frustration and say, just forget it. It's too hard. It's a mess now. No, I salvaged what I could of that upper upper top, put it back, and had to go back to the drawing board, start piecing it together again. From the pastor on down, Sometimes we make mistakes. Sometimes we get broken. Sometimes life just happens and hits us when we don't expect it. We find ourselves in need of repair. We find ourselves in need of a savior. And he'll start piecing it all back together again. If your family is fractured, there's a God that wants to start piecing it together. If there's a saint of God, you're missing some pieces. You've seemed broken in desperate need of repair. There's a God that is waiting at these altars and saying, I can start today because my God specializes in brokenness these altars are open if you need to come and pray if you need an area of your life for God to start working on I encourage you come on up because there's a God that wants to start today your chapter in your life is not over he wants to start penciling things in again and start piecing it together whatever you need from God today it is at these altars come and pray